a groovy review of everything Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Chase Koopa. Now today, as you may know if you're following along or even you only saw the most recent episode, this is the start of a a new show, a new Scooby-Doo show. Uh, We're now past the new Scooby-Doo movies and we're into what uh, Wikipedia likes to define as the ABC era. And that starts with the episodes that were packaged packaged in the Scooby-Doo slash Dynamite Hour. This episode is called high rise hair razor and actually before uh i start uh, the previous episode i did is like a preview as to this this upcoming season of scooby episodes and whatnot but um i was a little off in like exactly what the format is uh there's only one or a couple episodes where it's scooby-doo with like scooby dumb you know dynama is his cousin so it's not quite the the like the just the combination of the two shows, you know, Dino, Dynamo Wonder Dog and Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, that I was thinking it was, but still, nonetheless, that when they aired, that you know, the shows were aired together, nonetheless. Uh, sometimes there was different reruns of Scooby-Doo put in and whatnot, but yeah. So let's get let's get started on the High Rise Hair Razor, and I already like it because it is the intro that that was used for that is currently used for uh scooby-doo where are you season three as far as when i was first watching the episode i thought oh hey they brought it back all right now but as far as i'm aware the intro began here in this show like they they made it for the scooby-doo show as it is in, in you know what 1976 this is and then uh what it it was added to scooby-doo where are you season three for like home releases and later reruns and other such packages which, you know, I like because it is maybe the funkiest and spunkiest intro throughout Scooby-Doo history. Not the best, that's for sure. It's at least third, uh, probably fourth or fifth even. But it's still funky and cool, so I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And so we, we're through the, the intro now. We open with a little funky background music keeping some construction workers busy as they're building a high-rise building. And then suddenly... A specter, which is uh, sort of a Dracula sort of design. It looks pretty cool, actually. It shows up and it scares them off. Basically, it just appears, laughs, they leave. Classic Scooby stuff. Which seems to hurt them dearly because the foreman, like the head foreman, was just yelling at them because they're already behind schedule. The, uh, the city planners and the taxpayers are not going to be happy about this. Now, for some reason, I thought that this show would be a weird and like weird and like different from previous Scooby-Doo episodes, but it's basically Scooby-Doo Where Are You Season 3 all over again, which, yay, although I can see why audiences at the time were getting a little bored with Scooby. You know, these these uh, next, what, like six years in the Scooby era-ish, I'm a little off on, you know, the amount of time, but... This period of Scooby-Doo gave rise to Scrappy and whatnot, so I can see why audiences were getting bored. But anyways, uh, the gang is chowing down at a pizzeria. Scooby seems to be having a little trouble getting trouble getting his whole, by the way, whole pizza, getting his pizza down though, but he ends up catching up to it and eating it right off the finger of the chef, and then he sucks the chef's finger. Hmm. Uh, Fred and Velma see in the newspaper a story about a rash of safes being broken into. Uh, I assume, I don't know if it's just banks or not. I think it's just business owners in general. 
but I'll go back and say Banks later probably. Who knows? It's fun. We can change things up. Anyways, there's no so the there's a rash of safes being broken into, but the story includes the information that there's no actual signs of forced entry. And after that, here we have it. Money is brought up. A means of sustenance or a job is brought up in Scooby-Doo. So while Velma and Fred contemplate this possible mystery a little bit, Shaggy decides to look for a job. Daphne agrees with Shaggy's priorities as she says they're running out of money. Wild. So they're like, I guess it feels like freelancers or um, what is it called? Journeymen? Uh, or, you know, they, they just seem to float around from job to job, I guess. Maybe you could call them contractors. I mean, it seems like they have a wide variety of skills if they just, they just, you know, the nature of their group. I mean, I guess it works. So they just, they just make some money. And then a friend or a distant relative sends them an invitation to a cool, awesome, all-expenses-paid vacation. Or they get some urgent plea for help somewhere that they go help solve a mystery at. Which, once again, I'm sure they get compensated for in some form or fashion. You know, like it, they get they get to stay at the place for free or whatever. I wish I could just float around and get those kinds of cool opportunities every few days. Ah, oh, man. What a life. What a life. But uh, Fred asks what is available in the Help Wanted section. Thank you for contributing, Mr. I'm Not a Serial Killer. Shaggy finds one for construction workers that says, get ready for this one, no experience needed. That's wonderful. Don't tell that to OSHA, the government, or the people that enter the building in the future. Don't worry about it. It was definitely trained professionals on this job. They arrive at the employment office for the uh, the construction job. And Fred and Shaggy get offered the position for the night shift, which I th I have to say sucks. Working overnight sucks. I've never had to do it, but I've seen it destroy one of my closest friends. But, you know, uh, so they get that glorious job offer. And the foreman's cool about it, though, and he tells them that there's been a lot of quitters due to the specter running around. Now that Shaggy and Scooby don't want to have any of this. They try to leave right at that news. But Fred reminds them that they are in absolute need of the money. Remember, Daphne said, we're running out of money. That's not a good phrase to use when you're looking for a job. Plus, Velma and Daphne can get a head start on researching this mystery while they do some work and earn some money. One night of work. <laughs> Looking up some info on the haunted house that used to be on the site, uh, Velma, or Velma and Daphne are looking up some info. They're going to the library to look up some info on the haunted house that used to be on the site before it was relocated to allow the building to be built. Partially, so far. Now the three, Scooby's not being paid for his efforts, I suppose, and somehow allowed on the site. Uh, well, he has a hard hat, so at least he's following code. It's just a little odd that they let the dog in. Uh, they head up to the 19th and 20th floors with one of the guys. God, I forgot his name. It said later in the episode, and it's in my notes, but I'm not going to look that far ahead. I'm just going to go with what I have. One of the guys that's one of the few guys who's brave enough to still work overnight. So he's leading them up to the 19th and 20th floors where they will be working this evening, this night. Um, Fred gets to the 19th floor, gets off. We don't see much of Fred. And then Shaggy and Scooby get uh, a guy... Another Fred here, I guess. Fred Sparks as their foreman up on the top floor. Now he gets our two chicken friends going, and he leaves them on their own to work on the top floor. 
They say it's the top floor, but by the way, it is not the top floor, as we will see, as you see very soon in the episode, but whatever. So he just leaves them on the 20th floor with no harnesses, no safety lines, absolutely unsupervised. And he just trained them how to how to work, how to do construction, basically. So uh, Shaggy is working really hard. Shaggy shows some, some good, just a great work ethic in this episode, which is a nice switch up. Now, uh, he's, he's working on some, you know, putting some rivets going up a beam and and he's sweating and he asks for a rag, so Scooby looks for one to hand, but, you know, the specter is above them, a couple floors above them, and he drops down a rag. They don't realize what happened, uh, so they just continue on. They say, they figure there's no ghost here, we're just, we're, it must, I must be tired. I, Shaggy, uh, Shaggy asks how Scooby got the rag from above him to come down, but he's like, you know what, I just must be tired, let's get on with this. He's really into working this episode, it's great. So Shaggy keeps working, and he runs out of rivets, and uh, he tells Scooby to get him a bu another bucket. Listen, Scooby tries. He tries to get a bucket full of rivets. He, they're on a like a line, like a rope and pulley system. He starts pulling the rope up, but instead of rivets, just the straight specter just comes up in the bucket. Scooby tries to tell Shaggy urgently. He, he's, he's stuttering. He can't get it out. He's losing his mind. And the drill that Shaggy's using is too loud. So Scooby's yelling and telling him it's a specter. And Shaggy, instead of stopping, he keeps telling him to try louder. But he can't hear him still. So the specter leaves while they're trying to communicate. And then, you know, Shaggy stops the, the drill and he looks up. And he looks at, at, at Scooby as if he's just absolutely insane. That happens a lot. So the same incident happens again. You know, Shaggy's like, all right, let's just get me another bucket of rivets, right? So the same incident happens again, but this time Shaggy does see the antagonist. He and Scooby attempt to make a getaway, and Shaggy he, Shaggy nearly dies. He almost just goes right off the side of the building. And I have to say, I really like this show. Just, I, I want to stop it. Like I said, I just didn't expect something so, I didn't expect something good for some reason. I would also like to say, once again, before we keep going, Shaggy was doing a lot of good hard work. But anyways, uh, the two are chased away from their work by the Spectre, and they end up falling on Fred. Now, Fred is pretty teed off at that they're, you know, messing around, but he does seem to believe them immediately that they were in danger, that the Spectre was there. He doesn't really argue with him, which is usual, like usual. You know, usually the older kids are a little uh, skeptical, and they say, oh, you didn't see ghosts, they're not real, but, you know, Fred is like, all right. So the girls, we go to the girls in the library, where they find out that the house, that the construction moved was built in 1820 by Ebenezer Crab. Ebenezer is a recycled name from um uh the uh gosh what episode is that it's the Scooby-Doo where are you it's like I think it's only season one uh Ebenezer Cutler uh, but anyways um so Ebenezer Crab built this house that was on the construction site that's now moved he built it in 1820 and he was a witch they say he used witchcraft but that means he's a witch not a warlock he's a witch so he never seemed, apparently, and also in the book, excuse me, the book or the, the paper, whatever they're reading, I was looking down and typing notes while they were doing it. It says that he never, so he practiced witchcraft, but and he never seemed to age. For like 50 years, he didn't age like at all. And then he actually disappeared about 60 years ago. Ebenezer is supposedly still alive. He disappeared, but he's supposedly still alive, and he returns home every 20 years to regain his youth. Now, the girls calculate him to be 180 years old, so yikes. Um, they 
they're a little so they're not very shocked by the information i was shocked by the information so they go to the construction site and they go to tell uh, the guys velma tells them that she knows where the original house is so she says we should go check it out shaggy and scooby volunteer to go there so they so they can uh, get away from the creepy construction site Fred agrees on it, but Fred's on his twist per usual, so he volunteers that he and Daphne check things out at the construction site. Together. Alone. Just the two of them. Hmm. Meanwhile, the other three pull up to Ebenezer's house. Shaggy's plan of getting away from the worksite backfires hard as they pull up to a creepy residence. They knock on the door, no breaking and entering quite yet in this series. Uh, an old woman who looks honestly extremely creepy. It's a really, it's a good design. It's a good job on the team on this episode. Opens up the door and says, yes. Shaggy flips out and he accuses her of being Ebenezer, which is a little rough, but, you know, I can, I don't understand. I don't, I don't uh, blame him for being scared. Not to worry though, Shaggy. She's just the great, great, great granddaughter of Ebenezer Crab. Uh, she invites, the, I, I think her name is Nettie. I didn't write it down early in the notes. I wrote it later. I'm pretty sure it's Nettie. Uh, she invites the three in, and she says, you know, hey, you guys are free to go look around the house and investigate, which is weird. I don't know. She's just, come on in. Just look at everything. I don't care. Ebenezer's rumors up there. Just do what you want. Uh, but she does say that Ebenezer comes back every 20 years, and he should be back any minute now. And it's actually quite ominous. Once again, the creepy character design and that ominous line, she's got me on edge. She also kindly mentions that Ebenezer spent his free time doing black magic. Thanks, lady. Uh, so the three make it up to Ebenezer's room. Shaggy finds a great book titled, wonderfully, Black Magic Spells and Other Neat Weird Stuff. Now that right there is how you title a book about black magic. No ifs, ands, or buts. Shaggy finds a spell that turns animals into monsters, and it, it actually really works. He says, oh, get a load of this, and he starts reciting it as if it's super silly, and then him and Scooby turn into some monsters. And it's extremely surprising as the two are transformed into cool monsters, and they don't even notice. Shaggy recites, he says, oh, get the spell to get them back is even funnier. He recites that, they go back to the regular, and the two are none the wiser. Scooby looked really cool, actually. It was like, a, it, they did a cool voices, and the designs looked cool. It reminded me of, um, uh, Shaggy is a werewolf in, oh, jeez, um, oh, wow, I forget the title. But, you know, it was Shaggy as a werewolf in the, the movie with uh, him, Scrappy, and Scooby. And uh, he has a girlfriend. I, I can't think of the title. Anyways, it was a great design. Great voices, too. So, great vibe. Uh, they do find something of interest. Velma finds it. But the creepy, it's in a, in a chest she's looking through. But the creepy lady bursts in just to remind them that Ebenezer is almost here. Which, once again, very ominous. Almost sounds like a threat. But she offers them a nice cup of tea while they wait. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy reject the notion, which I find a little odd why Velma wouldn't stop and say, hey, let's stick around, because why not stay and find out if he really is who he says he is? But anyways, they don't do that, though. Uh, they meet up with Fred and Daphne back at the work site. Velma informs them and the head foreman there who is standing there with them that they talked to Net Nettie Crab. The foreman says that they, they couldn't have it. She's been dead for 50 years, which may throw off the timeline timeline a tiny bit, great-great-great-granddaughter, 180 years for Ebenezer, 50 years for her, I, I don't know, 50 years dead for her, I don't know. But anyways, continuity, you know, it's hard to keep up. It's hard to keep track of for 30 minutes in standalone episodes, I guess. Shaggy responds delightfully by saying, maybe we should go back and tell her that. Scooby thinks it's really funny, too. And I thought it was really funny. I thought it was one of his funniest jokes ever. I mean, he's got a lot of them, but it, it was a good one. So now... 
the gang says, oh, no, Nettie has to be a ghost, too, which, once again, there they go with every episode saying everything that exists is a ghost. It's not a monster. It's not this. It's not that. It's a ghost. But, you know, whatever. So the gang is a little spooked and, and shocked at the at Nettie's existence. Uh, Velma shows them a receipt that she found in the trunk. That was an interesting thing that they found before uh, Nettie burst in and asked them about tea. Excuse me again. Sometimes I don't like to switch windows on the laptop and pause it to, like, burp or sneeze or something. So that's that's why we hear weird pauses sometimes. We're not all perfect. Anyways, Velma found in that trunk in Ebenezer's room uh, a receipt for a recently purchased uh, telescope lens or telescopic lens. Uh, they head to the optical lens company, which it came from, to investigate the clue. Now, Mr. Speck, the owner of the company, recalls the order. He says the lens is a, a special light gathering, and it gathers lens for seeing. It's a light gathering lens for seeing things in the dark. It gathers light and kind of shoots it out, which is interesting. I don't know what. Uh, it, it, it's cool. It's it's very Scooby Doo. Uh, they start to connect the dots on the mystery already with that. Uh, but uh, the the owner, Mr. Speck, does have another lens like it in the shop, and he writes them a receipt so they can go take it to uh, the police. As they're driving to the station, Shaggy, he just has a, he has a bad feeling. It's just like Star Wars. He's got a bad feeling about this. It, it still feels as if the specter is, like, right on top of them. And then the scene cuts to a wide shot. The specter hilariously just straight sprawled atop the, the top of the van as it drives down the road. I mean, Fred convinces Shaggy to relax in. He's like, listen, there's nothing wrong. We're all good. And Shaggy's like, all right. But it, it doesn't work in the end because the Spectre can't help but growl loudly. I like how they always, the villains always reveal themselves by doing some weird growl when they haven't been seen yet. I feel like he could have could have bided his time a little bit more and got a, a better uh, timing for his his making himself known. But whatever. He makes his presence known by just dipping his head straight down in front of the windshield so the gang hits the brakes. They all scatter out of the van, and the uh, the Spectre goes after Shaggy and Scooby because they have the lens. His goal seems to be to get the lens only. He corners the two of them in the alley, but they get lucky, and they're they're shaking from their fear, and it causes the door to like unlatch and open behind them, and they get in, and it's a bakery. So when Ebenezer bursts in, the two try to trick him by baking a cake, and they sing him happy birthday. He likes it. He, he walks over. It blows the candles out, but all the other lights were off, you know, to, to get the effect of the candles. So when he blows the lights, the candles out, the lights go off. He, like, growls or yowls, and Scooby and Shaggy hide. But the villain tricks them by just straight up grabbing the lens and running off, which I don't know why you wouldn't keep the lens on your person while the specter is in your presence, but whatever. That's a nitpick. It's Scooby-Doo. So the gang goes back to the pizzeria to spend some money that they don't have and discuss what has happened. They're reading the, the newspaper again, and they see that yet another safe has been robbed. And that haunt, that the haunted construction site is right in the middle of the like the pattern of the safe robberies and the geography of the city. So they're they're getting down to the uh, the nitty gritty of this one. They think they have the it pretty much figured out. So they devise a plan to capture the specter. Shaggy's supposed to lure him under a pail of quicksand and concrete. They, their plan is executed on the high rise building on the construction site. So they're standing up there going over the plan, and the specters are watching him. And uh, and he, he throws out their plan by showing up on the wrong beam, though. He's not anywhere. He's not in position to get trapped under the, the quicksand and concrete. 
So the, the gang has to scatter. Shaggy and Scooby go one way. The older kids go the other way. The Spectre goes after the older kids because I think he realizes they were the leaders. They're the ones that he has to take care of before he can really start to get comfortable again. So he very nearly captures him. He's got him trapped on this small beam. You know, it's like a, it's like the classic real short beam that's like tied to a rope that goes nowhere, you know, so it can swing. You see it in cartoons all the time. I mean, it happens in real life when it's on clearance and stuff, but you know what I mean. It's very inexplicable and cartoony. So he capture, he almost captures them. They're all standing there, only in time for Shaggy and Scooby to accidentally, on purpose, trap the specter. Shaggy saw him chasing the older kids, and he's like, "All right, Scooby, we gotta, we gotta get him back over here. We gotta save them." But then they, they like trip or slip, and they go flying with the, uh, the pail of concrete into the beam, which starts swinging wildly, and it launches all of the occupants into a penthouse right across the way, where Nettie is just standing there for some freaking reason, just hanging out. Um, but they all go toppling into the, the penthouse and then, uh, the specter lands near Nettie and the quicksand and concrete falls out of the, uh, the pail and it, it traps the two, it traps their feet on the floor. Uh, the gang unmasks them t and reveals the two other foremen that were left on the night crew. Jim, Jim, the one that led Scoop, Scooby, Shaggy, and Fred up to the top of the building initially and Red, Red Sparks. Oh, it's Red, not Fred. I said Fred earlier. There's not two Freds. It's Red Sparks, one of the other foremen. It turns out that they needed to stop construction because it would block their beautiful views. <laughs> no. Um, well, basically it would. Uh, in the penthouse, in that penthouse across, they were using that penthouse. They were working at that construction site to stop it from being built because they were using that penthouse to to uh to rob banks it faces like all the banks or all the, the the businesses in that vicinity and they would get up in that penthouse on the balcony and use that special lens to watch the owners open the the safes at night so then they could go back at another time and just use the codes or whatnot instead of risking breaking in somehow it's a pretty good plan honestly it's not the not the to total craziest plan that a villain has ever enacted on a scooby-doo tv show episode but uh, Scooby-Doo accidentally finds a stolen money by knocking over a vase, a vase. So the Coolsville PD treats the gang, Scooby specifically, to a badge-shaped pizza, announcing him as an honorary police dog. It's very cute, and it's very well-deserved. All right. That pretty much does it. That, honestly, was a really fun episode. I said in the previous episode that I haven't seen any episodes in this area, so, era, not area. So I was nervous that they would be weird and just, like, so different from Scooby before this. I was very wrong. It, it has been. It was a really good episode. I had a great time, and that does do it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, let me know how you feel about this series, uh, the Scooby Doo Dynamut Show, as we get into it. Join the Meddling Kids and Scooby Doo Discussion Facebook group to do so. Remember, you must accept the group rules to join. There's group rules when you join it. That's how you found it, uh, and then there's you have to accept the rules about like being kind and stuff like that, no spamming. You have to accept those rules to join. I would deny every request that has no response to the group rules. Anyways, thank you to Dave Seste for the use of his music, Night Surfing, as the theme song. Now stay groovy, and remember, I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs>